0: Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski.
1: Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff Drzymski, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, joined at my left, where the goats are, right sheep are on the right goats are on the left yes and here's ah, ah, yes <laughs> yeah. i can't do a good goat Ziggy, i
0: need to work on that
1: that's right no don't work on it it's actually we're supposed to do the opposite we're supposed to be sheep okay so and you're doing fine ah, with that yeah exactly. there you go. <laughs> it was a difference <laughs> Ziggy rodriguez how are you doing i'm doing great yeah i know you are and i, I will say uh uh again sad uh Tom's not here. No, uh, he, he's not. He is actually on the mend. Uh we 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 did mention that he wasn't feeling well. He was under the weather. Remember he was hiding from a tornado? Yes, that's right. Uh but he is still uh, you know what? He he just said he sent us a text this morning and said Yeah. uh if uh, you don't want what I had. Uh, I I feel better <laughs> but you don't want what I had. So right. just to be safe. So, we wish him well and uh we'll I'm I'm certain we'll see him uh, on our next episode in the luxurious corner booth, absolutely. Yeah, so we're looking forward to that. So we are we are we are wrapping up another great segment or series of shows, and this uh, this particular uh, series of five shows has been on the sorrowful mysteries of the of the holy rosary. And uh, man, I, the, the sorrowful mysteries are are something else. They're they're uh, if you look at them as a as a group, you start to see something that's beautiful. Uh, and it's kind of like what we're going to be talking about a, lot, a little bit today in this fifth sorrowful mystery, which is the crucifixion of our Lord. Um, that there is some great mystery in suffering. There's some great mystery uh, in all of the, the the seeming weaknesses and the the badness and the all. That. There's there's something uh, beautiful and mysterious about how all that um, mm-hmm. how that not only. Was chosen by by God the the path for our salvation, but but also just uh, how this this mystery of suffering is something that uh, is actually uplifting and that builds us up. Absolutely, right. And So there's there's something great about uh, about that, and I know it sounds weird to say there's something great about suffering, Sam. <laughs> right. You know, because it is definitely countercultural. Yes. Right. In fact, it's it's sort of counter our you know, our, our broken natures um, don't recognize suffering for what it is. It, it it goes back to the sort of root animalistic sort of uh, yeah. responses that we have to suffering, which is run from it, right? Right. Try to, we we, we have this will to survive, and we have this uh, desire not to be in pain. Right. Which is, is, it's a good desire. Sure. But at the same time, somehow there's this mystery of suffering that, uh, does amazing things absolutely now so we're talking about this fifth uh mystery the crucifixion and uh we like to have a fruit yes right and uh, you are our resident fruit <laughs> uh, fruit you. maker sorry that's what i meant to say no uh so uh fruit gardener you get fruit gardener yeah so what uh what what fruit are we going to be trying to garden today <laughs>
0: The breaking of all curses by the power of the cross, the power of Christ crucified.
1: Yeah. Now, okay, you said that so solemnly. Well, it's a solemn it's, thing, It is yeah. beautiful the way you said it. Because that's really at the heart of this. You know, we... You know, we we joke a lot on this show. We do, and in fact, I get in trouble a lot for people going like, he's just making light. It's like I'm not making light. I it's just my natural response. We, and,
0: we like to have fun. I, I stopped myself when you were talking about Tom. I wanted to say that he's opened up a ranch where he's ranching pugs. Yes, and uh, you know, and I stopped. <laughs> no. I, I didn't stop myself, you, did I? I no, just let you it out. Just, you
1: just let it out. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> but no, you're right. Uh, but I will say this. But but there's some things that end up becoming so serious. There's there are things that like. At the end of the day, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not going to joke about the love that I have for my wife. I'm, I'm right. not going to joke about, uh, you know, the passing of a loved one. You just, there are things that are so sacrosanct. There are things that are yes. so sacred and so uh, beautiful that, um, and honestly, I, You know when I like when I'm in nature, when I'm pondering, when we go camping, or when we're sitting on our um, uh, under our pergola on our back porch out in the the country area, and we're looking at a beautiful sunset, or we're watching a storm roll in. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sitting there trying to crack jokes.
0: Right. Or if you're watching like a great movie you know and, and it's it, you're at a powerful moment like if you're in like watching Lord of the Rings and, and Aragorn is saying you, you, you bow to no man you know to the hobbits or, or Sam is carrying Frodo or any number of, of beautiful moments in movies you know Oscar Schindler realizing if he had sold a little bit more things he could have saved I could more have lives saved another, yeah, yeah exactly if somebody cracks a joke during a moment like that in a film the, at the
1: theater I've, I've seen that before where all of a sudden the whole place is like dude you just you wasted my 20 bucks yeah right right there in what you said by diminishing the power of that moment and and so we don't want to diminish the power right. of the cross and and what the cross has afforded us so we want to dive deeper into this and talk about this a little bit uh, and interestingly, we could talk. We could do the crucifixion narrative, sure. Right? We have we have a, a couple of choices, right, in the Gospels. But instead, I think we're gonna we're gonna read from Saint Paul's letter, uh, his first letter to the Corinthians, there, where it's talking about the folly of the cross, and and because that's really our message, yeah. Today uh, is how because Paul had had several years to process this, yes. Right, and 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 so uh, when we're when we're we're hearing this, it's Paul having pondered and the Holy Spirit just coming alive in Paul and, and guiding him to write these words and giving him these, um, this, this message to pass on to us. And so we're, we're looking at uh, the first letter to the Corinthians, uh, chapter 1, and we're starting at verse 17. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with the wisdom of human eloquence so that the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its meaning. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the learning of the learned I will set aside. Where is the wise one? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made the wisdom of the world foolish? For since it is the wisdom of God, the world did not come to know God through wisdom. It was the will of God, through the foolishness of the proclamation, to save those who have faith. For Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are called, Jews and Greeks alike, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Consider your own calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were noble birth. Rather, God chose the foolish of the world to shame the wise, and God chose the weak of the world to shame the strong. And God chose the lowly and despised of the world, those who count for nothing, to reduce to nothing those who are something, so that no human being might boast before God. It is due to him that you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, as well as righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, so that, as it is written, whoever boasts should boast in the Lord." Man. Talk about countercultural. Yeah, I mean he, he Saint Paul lays it out there. Yeah, I mean he he there there's uh, in no uncertain terms is he saying, look the world tells you this, but here's what's really going on.
0: Right, and, and I think it's hard sometimes for us as uh, you know modern day uh, Christians to wrap our minds truly around how someone like Saint Paul was processing the cross. You know Saint Paul in ancient times he knew before Jesus. Um, he knew about the cross and he knew about the practice of crucifixion and he knew that that was a shameful way to die that was how a person was singled out and they were uh, it, it was the, the cross and, and crucifixion you were being made an example of yeah and and, and you were being humiliated in your death
1: we, we, we yes exactly
0: that's the whole point of it the whole and it's, it's supposed to be an awful way to die and a shameful way to die and a humiliating way to die and so
1: you were a spectacle. You were you were meant to be seen. Right. Like we we're we're, we're making a point here. We want everyone to see and we want them to see you.
0: Yes. Yeah. And, and so the Jews the ancient Jews. What was their picture of Messiah? The picture of Messiah was the great military leader who was going to liberate the people of God from their enemies. And in their mind, the enemies of the, the of the people of God was Rome, right? Was, yeah. And so they wanted a military to leader. to vanquish Rome, right? To right. vanquish
1: their enemies, and they and they didn't see it coming. When I mean, on Palm Sunday, when we when we start to celebrate. Uh, Easter week and you and you see uh this unknown guy yeah right show up uh meek and humble riding on an ass right right that is not they were A powerful giant white steed on which sits this military guy all clad in iron and whatever was going to come and vanquish their enemies for them.
0: They wanted to see strength, raw power, you know, crushing, you know, showing that the... Because if you look at the history, the salvation history of the Jews, it's not a, a crazy thing for them to think insofar as warfare... Was was uh, was very a very real way of of God conquering the enemies of the people of God being led by the by the Ark of the Covenant, which at this point, you know, Jeremiah had hidden uh, the prophet Jeremiah had hidden the uh, the Ark of the Covenant. So they didn't have that weapon of God to take into war. But at the end of the day, um, the notion that that sort of warfare would be the answer to their problem with Rome, it was sort of a common sense conclusion for them to draw. Sure, and and the thing that's interesting is I, I heard uh, I think actually I think it was Bishop Barron once uh, he said many years ago that if you that uh, I believe he was talking about Origin and Origins it was either Origin or Irenaeus's interpretation of the Book of Revelation and uh, specifically the Lamb that appeared slain being the one who would open the seven scrolls and he said that the wisdom of that is it shows us you know when we look at all the violence of the bible where the people of god are are in physical combat with these enemies uh uh, these human enemies right that all of those scrolls the truth of those scrolls is unlocked by what? By the lamb who appeared slain. Right, yeah. And so that's the wisdom, that's the lens through which we need to look at all of that, that he ultimately God took all the violence of the world upon himself through the cross, right? And and that if we want to read, we can then, through another letter of Paul, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, where we talked about this and during the third Sorrowful Mystery, that... We there's a that the spiritual armor narrative. Yes, right. Well, in that narrative, Paul says our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with the powers and principalities of hell. Yes, right. And so that's that's what the enemies of God really are, and that's that's really what's being taught to us. Is you think that the Romans are your greatest enemy, but in fact it's it's the it's the devil. And his minions, who were cast out of heaven, and where were they sent to earth, right? Where they were given dominion?
1: a hundred percent. and that, and that's the thing that we like that that we look at all of the the sin of the world, we look at all the the problems of the world, the brokenness of the world, and it all has its origin in the Garden of Eden, yes, right. and and so th- this idea that we're uh, that we've got like modern day enemies to fight. I mean we we do, but it's an enemy. Right, uh, and and sometimes you know in our in our faith we we'll refer to him as the enemy, right? Right with the capital E, uh, and we're talking about the devil, right? We're talking about Satan, and and th- and then, so let's put that in relationship though to the cross, right? So what does the cross do to
0: Satan? Well, so at the end of the day, uh, you have the cross. You have you have Satan has a dominion. Right of sin and death. If you look at the, if you look at Paul's writings, when he talks about sin and death, he's he's a lot of times he's speaking of it where you could capitalize the S in sin, capitalize the D in death, because they are dominions that the that the devil had and that. God, when Jesus is talking about during that one exorcism thing, he says, the kingdom of God has come upon you. That's the kingdom of God vanquishing the yes. kingdom of the devil, right? And so we talked about it. We did a four-part series on the charisma that focused a lot on this. And one of the things is the reason that death and sin go hand in hand. Wisdom 2 uh, talks about this. Our fear of death holds a grip over our hearts, and in that visceral, primal way, and makes us, and it, it inclines us to sin. It says, maybe this stuff here on earth is all that there is, and i got to get while the getting's good. Right. And the whole idea of Christ, uh, he is stepping, this is quoting uh, uh, Father John Ricardo, we, we had quoted him in, in previous episodes, he allowed himself, he camouflaged his divinity, and he allowed himself to get swallowed up by death. So that he could blow it up from the inside. You know, like, we see Christ on the cross and we think, you know, this is, so the reason he's calling the, the cross, people are saying that looks like foolishness, is they they would say, we thought this is going to be a strong military leader, and instead there's this weak guy, you know, and...
1: Right, <laughs> and, and, I, and, I'm, and at some point, I think people might have looked upon, uh, you know, Jesus having died on the cross and thought like, well, it's over.
0: Yeah, and what a shameful end for him! Right, and yeah. I, I
1: imagine there were a few demons that kind of looked at each other like, "Did we just win?" Right? Did did, did we just like okay, we won? Yeah, did we win? right, right. But it wasn't like, but maybe it was instantaneously they were like, "Wait, wait, 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 what's happening here?"
0: Right? You right, know, right. No, right. no, we didn't
1: win. <laughs> yeah. Right?
0: Meanwhile, he's he's clear. Jesus is clearing out hell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but yeah, but so at the end of the day, you know, like uh, again. You know the same the same talk that we were referencing with Father John Ricardo, He says, "With uh, you know Jesus, you know we're talking about Jesus is Lord. He's God incarnate, God of the universe. You know he was co eternal with the Father. So how do you how do you nail the God of the universe to a tree? You know how, you can only do it if He lets you do it. Yeah. And so that's this goes. He again he camouflaged his divinity in our fragility, and he allowed this. And in the sense, what he was doing is." Even though he was seeming like he was the hunted, he was actually the hunter. Right,
1: he's the willing victim. Yes. Right. It was his will, and he chose to do that. Yes. He was not the unwilling victim. Yes. He, he was. He was not hijacked. Uh, he was not un, the unwitting. I mean, he chose to go into Jerusalem. Yes. He knew that was what was going to happen. So this, and and this inherently is what essentially gives this great power uh, to the cross. Oh yeah, right, and and, and uh, so we're talking about the the fruit today, uh, the breaking of all curses by the power of the cross. Yes. Now, what kind of curses are we talking about? Well, here? Well, so
0: there's a few different categories, right? Like, so you know, one thing that comes to mind is you know, uh, uh, the second letter of the Corinthians, uh, yeah, verses twelve nine. Are you going to
1: talk about an old lady with an apple and says, <laughs> "If you bite this." Right, right, but that is one kind of curse. No, I mean, that,
0: that's fair enough, and and we'll talk about spiritual warfare as well. I mean, absolutely, because you know, Christ in breaking the curse of of sin and death, all the other curses, like the you know, witchcraft is real, Satanism is real, the occult is real, stuff is happening right now. It's this is un, not, and in fact, I mean, this is. There was a, a recent survey within like five years ago, something like that, that said that uh, Wiccanism and witchcraft was a larger denomination in the United States than Presbyterianism at this oh point. Oh, goodness. You know, and so, um, you know, this stuff is widespread and curses are being cast, spells are being cast. It's happening, okay? And, and, and a lot of them may not see themselves as doing something that's bad. A lot of them might just. See themselves as oh I'm I'm a good witch like that uh, and know, I'm in
1: I'm in touch with nature and I'm right. in touch with the earth and the power of the earth and Mother Earth. You start to hear these kind of phrases, right? And, right?
0: and, and that could be very seductive to a person. At the end of the day, and there
1: are in that situation, it's the opposite of Jesus. In that situation, you become unwitting yeah. victims yes. to things, right? You you kind of wander in
0: uh, like oh what what's what's this? And this you're trying, looks beautiful. And you're trying to take a strength upon yourself as opposed to a weakness. Yeah. Right, and so um, and so that's one thing. Is is yes? I mean, Jesus, his by being by breaking the curse of sin and death, he can break any curse. Right. Okay. Of spiritual but warfare, but it's not
1: just those kinds of curses no, that we're talking it's about. It's not because there's. A, I think there's even a bigger curse as it exists in the world.
0: Oh, sure. Well, a couple, so I think there's a couple of ways, right? So one, you have the curse of, of, of the fall and sin, right? Yeah. And then you have our sinful natures, and you've got people... Like, I heard one person say, listen, if, you, if you're if you somebody, let's say you're a guy, that you've got great weakness, and let's say you're a man, you have great weakness for women. But it's, it's not just, you know, with regard to, you know, matters of the sixth and ninth commandment. It's also, maybe you just have issues with women. Maybe you had problems with your mom. Maybe you, you tend to fight and get... Angry at women, and you you take things personally. You feel from women. superior. You, yeah, you know,
1: there's just it's a lot of
0: problems that can happen. And, and you know it's a thing, and you know it's not like that in your friendships with men, but with women, it is the case that actually might actually be a sign that you are called to a high level of virtue. With regard to women, if you really start rooting out those vi- vices and you really start trying to gain virtue in every single one of those areas, then over time, you know, fast forward ten years, your weakness becomes your strength because you've grown, you've been, in, you've been uh, called to virtue, and you've and you've been faithful to that call. Uh, that you might find, wow, I'm actually able to minister to women in a way that I'm, you know, with guys. It, you know, I'm fine with them, but with women, I have a I have well. A strength and, and
1: whether let's forget the image of men and women and sure, difficulty in, in relationships. But really, it's they this whole idea that in your weakness, yes, perceived weakness by the world. Um, one of the things I love that's so beautiful about that is uh, just how that the way I describe it, and and uh, you know, I'm not a theologian, yeah, but the way I understand it is that the things of this world whether it's relationships with the other sex or whether it's uh power or you know money yeah uh, whatever it is th- those things are are uh heavy yes. and they're burdens and they weigh us down uh and and the truth is is, is when we shed those through whatever means uh, it, it, when we shed those those burdens those weights we basically empty ourselves right. of those things, so then we become, because we are vessels, right? Right. So when we empty ourselves of the of the sinful cargo, yes. Then then we are we, we make ourselves available for for God to make a home in
0: our hearts. And I, I think, in addition to that, the example of people like Helen Keller, who I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was a Christian, that you know, uh, it, she took her disabilities that she had. And she ended up becoming a hero to many and, 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 and transformed hearts and raised awareness uh, precisely, you know, because of the challenges that she overcome, you know, in terms of her childhood and being.
1: Right. Again, a perceived weakness that somehow, you know, the tables are turned. The
0: tables are turned. Yes. And then
1: we see that, see it differently. And so this is what this is what the cross does. The cross is able to liberate us um, uh, quite truthfully from from the things that that burden us and death and sin
0: well it could turn the nehemiah 13 2 it gives an example uh in ancient israel of god turning a curse into a blessing and so god can take the curses that we perceive in our life and he can turn it into a blessing and i and i and i, and I think actually second corinthians 12 9 um, is a beautiful example of this as well where he says uh and jesus has said to me my grace is sufficient for you for power is made perfect in weakness or my power is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore i will i I will rather boast of my weaknesses so that the power of christ may dwell in me saint paul was wise yes yes he was wise
1: beyond his years because of the holy spirit and the and the gift therein and uh, well because he emptied some he talked about you know the the thorn in his side and the and the and the weaknesses that he had and when he empties himself of those things and is constantly shedding uh you know the the things that he doesn't want to do yes and he says why do i do these things that i don't want to do and i just i do them anyway you know and and when he sheds himself of that then the strength of the cross empowers him
0: and so you know all of our listeners whether it's spiritual warfare concerns or whether it's just circumstances in your life um or whether it's a sin that you might be struggling with let's flip our those our perspective on things let our weakness be our strength let the see if we can turn to the power of the cross to turn those curses into blessings
1: yes and you know allow allow the 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 greatest uh power on the earth to fight those battles for you.
0: Well, because, you know, all of us have suffering in our life, but if God... but also, at the same time, every hair in your head is counted. God doesn't yeah. will uh, us to, to suffer, but he permits it. And when he permits it, it's for our good. It's for a greater good. And if we unite ourselves into the cross, that's the path to finding that greater good. I'm reminded of a there was a – I heard the, a bishop or archbishop from Nigeria. This was years ago. He was on EWTN, actually, and they asked him. They said, you've got some interesting statistics in your uh, di- diocese right now. He says, oh, yeah? He says, yeah. You're number one for violent martyr deaths in the world this year but you're also number one in vocations and priestly vocations Mm. and he's like is there a connection he says yes i'm paraphrasing but he said you know a weak church he said like a persecuted church is a strong church
1: right and and again that's the that's the folly of the cross yes and and that's what the, the and the sooner we realize that and the sooner that we empty ourselves of all those things that are burdening us and also uh, not allowing ourselves to be unwitting victims to spiritual warfare, wandering into uh, a dangerous neighborhood, as it were. When it comes to, yeah. uh, to when it comes to sin and death, and uh, and then certainly the occult and, and and these things that where some people are are getting, as you mentioned before, drawn into. Uh, some of this, and even if you're not drawn into the occult, you're not drawn into those those dark arts or whatever it is that 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 you know that that's plaguing the world. There's also this uh, being drawn into the darkness of sin yeah. and and being overcome, and not allowing Jesus in in the power of His name to vanquish all enemies.
0: It's, and since we're doing this for the Rosary, I would say that. I would encourage everyone to turn to Our Lady of Sorrows, specifically, and ask her to guide you through our Lord's passion and guide you to the foot of the cross and give you eyes to see how you can take the curses in your life or the things that you see as curses and turn them into blessings by and through his grace.
1: And she was married to the terror of demons, St. Joseph. St. Joseph! Pray (laughs) for us! So... There's a lot to go on here with these sorrowful mysteries, and the sorrowful mysteries are not supposed to get you down right right because what comes out of the the greatest sorrow of those sorrowful mysteries is the resurrection is the power of God is the authority of God, but also the grace the love the mercy of God poured out on all of us uh, and it's such a beautiful opportunity so continue to pray that Rosary, especially the sorrowful mysteries, but I guess not just the sorrowful mysteries. How about any of the rosaries? We need to pick up our rosaries again. We really need to start praying the rosary because what the world needs right now is more rosaries. We need more prayer. We need to rely on the intercession of Mary more. We need need to open ourselves up to the love of Jesus and share that love with everyone that we meet. And let's ask the Blessed Mother to be with us in those prayers as we uh, ask for her intercession.
0: Absolutely.
1: Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for us sinners, sinners now and the at the hour, hour of, our of our death. death. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com